Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here at Brooklyn. Oh, wait a minute. You were supposed to start this one. Yeah, you messed it up. Hey, everybody. Go ahead. Welcome to He's Abroad. I'm John here in wonderful COVID-free New Zealand and abroad over in the third world country with the Gucci belt <laughs> is Jason. Jason, how's it going over there in the uh, in the heart of madness? I'm not in the heart of madness. I'm like, um, I yeah, I guess. If the heart of madness is the is the United States as a whole, I'm like one of the uh, one of the exit valves. I'm like the the valve that's still that's still pumping blood now. But you it, are, but it's the but last you one. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, we started. It was clogged. We took care of that, and then the rest of the and then the rest of the heart is just like it just gave up. So have you not caught COVID yet? No, no, I have not caught COVID. Good. Yet. Yep. <laughs> still, uh, still staying inside most of the time. Although I did just take a a trip with some family to mystic connecticut which is another state that's uh really low on the uh that's so that's handling covid quite well uh, i came back yesterday and i'm doing uh doing all right staying inside it's hot we got a heat wave so it's not even worth going outside it is feels like 100 degrees right now so uh feels like 100 yeah feels like 100 today it was like a high of 96 fahrenheit broke uh and with uh, the humidity it felt over 100 degrees so that's a lot of fun and so i really don't want to go outside i just like to uh sit here in my air condition really uh and, and crank up my electricity bill yeah cool yeah so doing pretty good at that uh how you doing i'm doing all right still off still uh playing lots of video games lots of chilling out it's good yeah all right it's good we could hear about that a little later uh personal stuff yeah not so much happening uh just yeah went to mystic never been there before nice little sleepy town in connecticut that's fine it's good cool. made pancakes went to some uh tried and true recipes nothing uh nothing crazy but you know you you brag enough or you, you know not bragging I don't, I don't i don't brag about my uh my pancakes you know i always emphasize the amateurish nature and know how much i'm screwing up uh, got into a bit of an argument with my dad about the the merits of baking soda versus baking powder. <laughs> um, and, and they have different uses, though they're not interchangeable. Right? He's like, I've never seen a recipe that doesn't call for baking soda and baking powder. I said, this one just calls for baking powder. He's like, they probably left it out, and that's why they don't tell you you should add baking soda as well. To which I said, no, that's not the recipe. I, he says, but you said something was wrong. I said, yeah, I thought the batter was a little thin. I said, I, but they still perked up. It's the taste was good. I mean, everything was good. What do you want from me? If you need the biggest difference, do you know the difference between baking soda and baking powder? I, don't. I do. I don't. I do. I, I don't right. do a lot of baking period. So I don't, I mean, again, I've, I've got both and I've used both on different occasions and together, but I don't know what the actual difference is. Right. So the difference is baking soda on its own will not actually work as like a rising agent. You need something to activate it. You need an acid. Sodium bicarbonate, right? That is the I guess. That's what it is. Yeah. But but baking powder does not need that. Okay. It will rise on its own without the need of anything else. So if th- so if a recipe is calling for something like buttermilk, then you could then baking soda will be of use because the buttermilk is what will activate the baking powder. But if you don't have an acid in the in the actual recipe, then 
the use of baking soda is pointless. Whereas, and this recipe does not, it just uses regular old whole milk, um, which is a base, not an acid. And the reason I know that is because uh, that is the the ultimate weapon against uh, hot, spicy foods. So if you have some buffalo wings and they're a little too hot for you, you take yourself a good big swig of milk and that'll uh, that'll set you straight. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, he, he kind of that, that didn't really have a winner or loser, even though I know I'm right. But sometimes people just can't let it go. You know, you, you drop some knowledge, some hard truths, and they just refuse to acknowledge it. You know, so that's Fair fine. Enough. That's that's on them. You want to add some useless baking soda to a recipe? You do it. Just know that it's not doing shit. Anyway, I <laughs> uh, got some news for you. Cool. So we could just get right into it. Yeah, let's get into say? it. Let's try to make this podcast under two hours. <laughs> I think we could do it. Here we go. <laughs> we're we're going to do it. All right. <laughs> all right. So you're just going to hang up halfway through. Yeah, it's going to end. All right, I got I got three stories for you to kick things off with the news here. As always, you you'll get to choose the order. All right, so option number one, fake fans. Option number two, uh, we got Thanksgiving, and option number three, being fat. <laughs> hmm. Let's. Do the order. All right. Fair enough. Here we go. Reading from Engadget. Fox Sports virtual baseball fans are just plain weird. They were, and uh, yeah, they kind of were. So I'm going to send you this link so you can also see yes, this please thing. Do, because I know that sports are back. I've not watched a single sporting game at all. Yeah. So I haven't watched any baseball. I haven't watched any whatever basketballs. I haven't watched any of this stuff. I've just sort of ignored it. Yeah, so this is a bit more of an editorial thing, but I think it'll give some light on what's going on here. So after pandemic forced hiatus, baseball is back. Well, sort of. This is baseball like you've never seen it, with 60 games instead of 162 and a slew of rule changes that include a ban on spitting. Both of those things sound like a positive, in my opinion. That's (laughs) me editorializing, not the actual article. And then there's the lack of fans. Stadiums and ballparks that were once filled to the brim with enthusiastic supporters will now be empty, save a few journalists and baseball personnel. Several teams have taken to filling stands with cardboard cutouts and even the occasional stuffed animal to bring back some semblance of normalcy. Again, take another uh, tangent here. Um, The Yankees, I think it is, you can pay to have a picture of your face like as a cardboard cutout behind uh, the home behind home base course you can yeah so but fox sports has a different idea virtual fans it debuted this technology this past saturday and though it's certainly a lot less lonely than empty seats it doesn't feel quite right either the computer generated crowd uses a combination of augmented reality technology camera tracking and real-time graphics built in epic's unreal engine fox also hired silver spoon an animation and virtual production studio to scan in every major league ballpark so that the fans could be properly rendered into live camera feeds fox sport producers are able to customize the size of the crowd the jerseys they're wearing make them cheer when there's a home run and even make them do the wave quote we believe that what we're doing is creating a natural viewing experience and quote fox sports ex- executive vp brad zager told the washington's Washington Post. That's a cool name. 
Zager. Sounds like he's a villain or something. Anyway, quote, sports is supposed to be an escape. And when people have that escape, we want it to feel as normal as possible when there's very little normalcy, like a crowd at a baseball game on a Saturday. End quote. At that point, they post a video of this thing. Did you watch the video? I'm watching it now. Yeah. So what you'll notice in the video is that they show the empty stand and then they basically swap out the uh, sure. the empty stands with digital people. It, if it's you've stuffed. ever played a game, for, if you ever played a sports video game, it looks like those stands. It's stuff that we do in visual effects all the time, like crowd, massive crowds. Like this is stuff that we've been doing in film for 20 years. Yeah, except they look a lot shittier than they do in the films. Yes. Well, and because they're also, I guess, they're real time, right? You can you can change their reaction real time. So basically, if you want me to explain a bit of this technology to you, it's well, basically sure. like you have you have agents, right? So you build a different, you got a bunch of different models, and then you have a series of, let's say, 20 different animations that any of these agents can do. And so then based on that, you sort of, you know, you can change this based on give me one out of every 10 agents does this, and then it transitions into the next animation. And so you can basically build a virtual crowd. Honestly, the crowd that this reminds me of is the crowd from Black Panther when they're fighting under the waterfall because it looks really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is very similar. It- it looks like a crowd from uh, what is it? Let's see. I'm thinking of the like. You can't get from too the show, close from from MLB the show. That's what it looks like. Yeah, but it looks kind of worse than that. It it looks like a few generations though. It doesn't yeah. look like a modern video game crowd. No, it looks like a, from PS3. I would say this this would be a good PS3 crowd, like late PS3. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a that's a. Now, again, the other thing that makes this very unreal is, one, every single seat is filled, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've looked at a baseball game. Other than being playoff time, the base- baseball seats, there's so many games. Like, half these seats would be empty. And everyone wouldn't be wearing Cubs gear, like in this video, right? There's a smattering of just random, hey, this guy's wearing a polo shirt, right? So it's like there's a few things that just take away from the realism of it. To make yeah, it look this like guy's a video wearing, game uh, This yeah. guy's wearing a Thrasher's jersey. I yeah. don't know why, but every hockey game I go to, never been to a Thrasher's game in my life, there's always one guy with a Thrasher's jersey, and that team yeah. doesn't even exist anymore. And so, like, watching this video, like, you start to see the same person over and over again as well. So, like, look, I get it. Right? It's not easy, right? Because they're doing this in real time, and if the producers have the if they have the control over the skies and stuff in real time, which is probably the real cool part about this, is that they could pretty much edit this crowd how they want um that's the really cool part and i guess with this little video showing it's just a demo really but again i don't know why you need no they're doing it the first yeah, game no, is that's uh, what i'm saying but like do you really need that i mean it doesn't help the it doesn't help the the guys playing no it's meant to it's meant it's to help the us. viewer experience but, like, that's the thing most help? of the money maybe most of the Not money much. do you watch I baseball guess. because you want to watch the fans or because you want to watch baseball no, I I don't watch baseball. Let's start there. But the I it's part of the experience, right? Like On it's TV, part of the it's not excitement. not for me. Part of, I mean, like have you, have you if you've ever watched World Cup soccer, for the most part, you don't really ever need to show the crowd. Like it's fun to hear the chants and the audio from the crowd, especially in like in like soccer hooligan style. But like, do I? I don't need for them to zoom in on the girl, you know, who's who's wearing her band makeup with her trombone, crying because the kid missed a field goal in a college football game. Like, I don't really need that. That doesn't help my viewing experience. 
Um, it is not my viewing experience. No. And again, like if sure, if you want to scan the crowd because you want to show pretty girls, like that's I mean, but that's what I mean. Like that's not for like I don't know. Like it'd be really weird if they did that with this virtual crowd. They're like, (laughs) hey, hey, look at this one. Well, because there's multiple people who I think have been like who have become famous. There's a famous sportscaster who was like picked out of a crowd by some dude, which is really creepy to think about now. But back then it was okay. (laughs) Back then you could do stuff like that. Um but yeah, so like I don't it's cool. It's it's a cool way to test technology, right? Like, hey, can we do this? Can we actually pipe in fake crowd noise? Can we make this entire experience? Because look, the reality is the chances of us sitting in stands in the US is probably until this time next year, the rate we're going. Like you're not gonna be yeah. able to get in a crowd of forty thousand people. I mean, I don't even know how big baseball stadiums are, twenty, twenty to thirty thousand people. So this is most likely the reality for the upcoming future for football as well, right? So it's sort of Fox looking at this going like, hey, we've got – we're going to try to get sports back. How do we get, you know, football stands to look like they're full to make it normal? But again, I guess I just don't need that. Like, just show me the game. No, you don't need it. But it's – um I don't know. It's it's a fun little touch to me. For me, it's not offensive. It's just like if you no, want to keep offensive. things a little it's bit fine. a little yeah. bit normal, and it, it is a little weird. There is a disconnect. <laughs> well, it's real. I'm watching the next an video. empty stadium. I'm watching the next oh, video the down here of them doing the wave, and it's it's really it's not very good. But again, no. it's real time, right? Like, I mean, you got to give some credit for the fact that it seems like they're doing this real time in an engine and broadcasting this, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It yeah, just needs to be. It needs cool. to be polished a little bit. It needs a little. Need, needs a second pass. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's fine. And I think the disconnect, like if you had, it was weird watching the baseball game without any crowds. Like I saw a little bit of a game, that, like one of the Yankee games, but it doesn't matter. Like the the whole season's going to be completely is, is screwed anyway. Like the news came out today that the the Marlins have a uh, have an outbreak, so they're postponing three games. Like, like it's already failing like this whole return back it's just a big mess but anyway in the with the absence of a crowd something does feel off so if this is how you get closer to that experience overall even if it's subconscious even if you're not like i don't watch it for the crowd you're right people don't watch it for the crowd but the crowd is part of the experience it's the same reason why you have a crowd when you're playing a video game version of any sport is because that's just part of the live sports experience. Even if it's not the reason it's like if you went to a house and there was no windows, you'd be like, something's something's wrong here. Where are the, where are the windows? Again, I guess I just don't buy that because if you've watched enough awful teams, like the stands are half empty and it's like, it's not really, like I don't know, maybe I'm just a little sixty games. Then like, like I'm not, like I'm not. I guess I'm just a little different because I guess I'd much rather them show me things on the field and show me yeah. like in, like what the XFL did before the XFL fell apart because of the coronavirus. I thought was really cool. Like they were actually they spent more time interviewing like the guys on the field after like, hey, so what what happened? Can you explain to me that last touchdown? What did you see? Like that's actually information that I found informative versus sort of random crowd shots. Again, I just don't I don't need the random I don't need to watch the guy with his shirt off with his big belly with the you know, he's the C in the Cubs, um, spelled across, you know, with him and his other th- three or four friends. Like I guess I don't need to see that. Like that's always been a little annoying. <laughs> so maybe I'm just different. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's really it's obviously not ideal. I don't care about the fans and it would be good if they could fill that in, but it's just like I said, it's window dressing. It's not even the windows. It's more like the curtains, yeah. right? So it's just like a nice to have, and it's just a temporary thing while 
they figure out, you know, as soon as we could bring in people again. But at this rate, like you said, it'll be if we're lucky this time next year because we're all fucked. All right. Moving on. Story two. Uh, All right. Talking about Thanksgiving, looking forward and think about crazy crowds. Good transition. Reading from CNBC. Target joins Walmart in staying closed for Thanksgiving this year. Oh, look at this. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump into the article. I'm going to skip the. the But they're not closed for Black Friday because they're a bunch of capitalistic monsters. (laughs) That's what we'll talk about. So two of the biggest (laughs) retailers in the U.S. are closing their doors on Thanksgiving this year, sidestepping a recent tradition of keeping the lights on for customers to bargain hunt after their turkey dinners. Target said Monday it will close up for Turkey Day following Walmart's announcement of the same plans last week. Instead, Target is encouraging shoppers to start their holiday shopping even earlier in October. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, let's face it, historically, deal hunting and holiday shopping can mean crowded events, and this isn't a year for crowds. And quote, the retailer said in a blog post on its website, promising savings across its stores and online, quote, earlier than ever, end quote. It also said it will be making more than 20,000 items, including fresh and frozen food, available for curbside pickup and delivery ahead of the holidays using its shipped platform. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, most agree this holiday season is going to look a lot different than in the past years. There's a heightened fear around a second wave of COVID-19 cases spiking during the traditional flu season and as as temperatures drop. Let's just stop right there because the whole thing about a second wave is so horseshit. The first wave never ended. Well, in America, you're talking about a second is. wave. Yeah, I know, but this is this is an American focused article. Yes. All right. And they're the only place where the first wave has really hit and we can fear a second wave is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, like these states, Rhode Island, like Northeast America. That's it. We're the only ones who actually saw the end of a wave. If you look at the rest of the chart, it never drops. It just it dips as it's as the wave starting to end, and then it just keeps going up. So this is this is the wave. Anyway, retailers in turn are having to adjust their plans for to both meet customers' expectations and being and be mindful of their employees' safety. Adding to the uncertainty, Amazon has delayed its annual Prime Days shopping event, which is normally in July, to later than usual this year, but it has not yet set a firm date. The delayed timing of Amazon's Prime Day will likely put additional pressure on retailers to start their deals even earlier in a bid to compete. Dick's Sporting Goods also announced Monday that its stores will be closed on Turkey Day this year, including its Golf Galaxy and Field and Stream locations. Target opened for the first time on Thanksgiving Day in 2011. All right, where do you want to start in breaking down this one? Oh, this is one of those like, hey, we're going to change the name of the of the Washington football team, <laughs> which is their official name, by the way, just to tie into last week. Temporarily. Um, temporarily. It, it's such an empty like, well, how about you have it closed on? How about you cancel Black Friday as well? But you won't do that. No. So they'll happily get crowds and stuff on Black Friday. But oh, oh, we're going to. Oh, no, no. We're, we're going to do the right thing and keep it closed for Thanksgiving because of the virus. It's like it should have never been open on Thanksgiving. <laughs> So why you were actually why you were open on Thanksgiving in the first place is a giant issue, um, and a lot of this is really because look, retail stores are about to die. The coronavirus, what it's going to kill at the end of all this is retail shopping because most of us have realized you don't really need it. Sadly, yeah, it might. Um, it's it's definitely killing it uh, because it has to, like by necessity. Online is thriving and. You know, what's weird is GameStop actually apparently did better because I guess 
buying video games was up and they were just one of the retailers to do it. But just their yeah, online Yeah, because again, alone. they've been holding on to these retail, to these malls and these things when most people probably realize logistically most people have the internet. Like they just do. And look, I know it, I know there's underprivileged um, um, areas, especially in the US, where people don't have good internet access or their internet access isn't to any sort of first world standard. I totally get that. But I'm saying for the overwhelming majority of most people have some type of connective access, even if it's their phone, right? 4G in most places is, is just as fast as having a, you know, VDSL or something that you would get that would be maybe a, a bit of a step down. So most people would just say, hey, I'm just going to use my phone, right? Like, I don't need fiber, internet. I'm just going to use my phone. It's fine. So if you can buy groceries and do all of your shopping and get school supplies and buy new clothes and buy, I mean, you can buy anything, you buy everything. And these companies all have proved that logistically, in order for them to stay alive in business, they can totally move everything to online shopping. So that's where this is going to go because you just need less people, which is going to be real interesting to see what it does for the economy. Because a lot of people who aren't working are probably never going to see their jobs back because they've been replaced by logistics of, hey, we just keep a warehouse now instead of actually having you show up on Thanksgiving in your Target red red polo shirt, <laughs> wishing that you were yeah. home watching football, eating turkey. Yeah, I, I always thought it was weird opening on Thanksgiving. But now you think about these these events that always drive so many people. Like they're they're so fucked, man. Like this is this is just so bad. Because if they keep the same results in, how long? I bet what you're going to see. I could I could describe it right now. What you're going to see in pictures, because they're going to keep the limits in place, like the capacity limits in place up until then. Like I can't see that being restricted unless there's a vaccine that's a hundred percent or not, let's say let's be really optimistic and say it's seventy percent effective in stopping coronavirus, and they somehow give it to everybody in the country. Even then you'll still have these limited capacities in stores. Like let's say you could have 50% or 25% capacity in these stores. People are still going to go out and shop and you're just going to see all these news reports about the lines and how far they go and how they wrap around the stores and through the parking lot and snake around. And that's what, that's what the story is going to be. It's not going to be people being trampled. It's going to be people in line. And then it's going to be people selling their places in line. And then the deal that you came for, it doesn't even make sense because you bought a spot in line so that you could get to the thing that you were going to save money on in the first place. When you could have just bought something online or to their point here, bought something in October. I like how this is going to be the way that we kill Halloween, though. <laughs> it's like, or maybe even Thanksgiving, because no, 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 we're not open Thanksgiving, but we are going to start Christmas in October now. Pretty like, much. I mean, they'll start at the end of September yeah. at the rate we're going. Like, you'll start at the end of yeah. September. They yeah. said in October. That's yeah. that's what they got to do it because that's when the holiday deals are going to start. And realistically with online shopping and other things like things are on sale all the time like you can yeah. find good deals on everything yep any time of year and typically what you see on those black friday deals are just the the greatest hits of what you've already seen in the year or the first instance of a sale that you will see multiple times in the coming months afterwards but yeah there is a nice uh, consolidation that I do appreciate. I'm a, you know, I, I do like looking and I often do buy something, not necessarily going to a store, although I have done it in many, many years past. But um, for now, it's just like, ah, just go online or wait till Cyber Monday because Cyber Monday deals are usually the exact same deals that were on Black Friday. 
Yeah. Yeah, so look, I just we're entering a new era, and the last thing you want is, one, for your Black Friday numbers to go down, right? Because that's yeah. the first thing that happens. Oh, the numbers are less than ever. It's, it's you know, hey, people aren't shopping when if you just say, oh, gonna well, happen. Well, well, we weren't open on the, we weren't open on Thanksgiving. If we would have opened on Thanksgiving, we would have had our numbers would have been higher. Like, that's the first thing that they'll bring up. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's all again, it's all of these companies trying to find a way to save face for the fact that, yeah, guess what? We're going to lose jobs and uh, the economy is going to drop. That's just the reality of it. So, yeah, sad times. And uh, we're not going to get out of it anytime soon. I just hope I could travel at some point. Just just let me travel at some point in the next year, please. That's all I want. That's all I want to do. Not with that passport. That's my main. That's my that's the reason why I'm upset is because this is I'm the still- longest I've gone without traveling. Yeah, same here. Same here. And again, I'm stuck having this passport, even though I don't live in a country that has COVID-19. So I'm sort of stuck being like, well, can you really travel? You get a New Zealand passport? A couple years away, but I can. Uh, I can't get one now just for being like, hey, I made it through COVID-19. Can you give me a passport? Well, I mean, steal one. Find somebody that looks like Uh, you. and Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll work on that. See if I can find my... A lot of layers to that comment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's move on. Speaking of coronavirus, this is uh, we got some advice from uh, pri- from UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. All right, oh if you remember, he did get coronavirus, so uh, here we go. Uh, reading from Time, this is a very uh, well, it's not that short, but here we go. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said Monday that he was, quote, way overweight, end quote, in April when he was hospitalized with COVID-19 as his government launched a campaign to cut the country's obesity rates as part of its pandemic response. Citing research by England's public health body, a British government policy paper published Monday said there is now, quote, consistent evidence, end quote, that people who are overweight have a higher risk of being hospitalized, entering intensive care, or dying after contracting COVID-19 than those in weight ranges considered healthy. Around two-thirds of adults in the UK are overweight, good Lord, and half of that group are in turn considered obese, the paper said. The UK has the has the world's third highest death toll from COVID-19, with almost 46,000 virus-related deaths as of Monday. Wow. wow. By capital, that, capital, that's pretty crazy. Quote, yep. this is from, from Boris Johnson. Uh, when I was, when I went to the ICU, I was very ill. I was very, I was way overweight. Johnson said in a video posted to his official Twitter account to launch the campaign, quote, I'm only about five foot 10 at, Hey, only (laughs) only Jesus at the, at the most and at the most. And you know, I was too and you know, I was too fat, end quote. He added that he had started grow- going for daily runs with his dog since recovering from COVID-19, and he and had lost at least 14 pounds. The UK government said that reducing rates of obesity, which is also linked to heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, would help lessen the strain on the country's National Health Service during the pandemic. If all Brits who are overweight lost five and a half pounds, the policy paper found it would save NHS million by 2025. That's crazy. Uh, Measures announced Monday include the expansion of NHS weight management services, a ban on advertising junk foods on TV and online before 9 p.m., possible restrictions on how unhealthy products are 
presented in grocery stores and legislation to require large restaurant businesses to display calorie counts on their menus. Johnson said the campaign would, quote, help people a little bit to bring their weight down, not in an excessively bossy or nannying way, I hope. And quote, that is a very British sentence. Yes. <laughs> I never heard nannying said that way, but all right, fine. Commentators in the UK have expressed surprise that Johnson had championed a national weight loss campaign. Before becoming prime minister, Johnson published several columns arguing against health-related policies of previous governments on the grounds that they intervened too much in people's private decisions. While running for the leadership of the Conservative Party in July 2019, he criticized levies on sugary, salty, and fatty foods as, quote, sin, taxes, end quote. Yeah, because look, they've tried to do this with soda and stuff before. Like I believe that the UK it was UK or someone had like in New Zealand they've started doing yeah, that as well. About sugary, salty. Yeah, kind of food. so they it's like soda tax here in New York, and people lost their shit. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, look, he's he's right, and someone right. probably. And I, yeah. I'm not. I'm no Bojo fan, but I will say that this is. Uh, he's right. He's absolutely right. I think it's funny to just straight say to somebody, "Yeah, I was uh, I was too fat, so that's why that's why it was bad for me." If you're healthier, then you'll recover faster. And there's something to it. There's definitely something to it. I mean, look at the look at the death rate here in the U.S. versus UK, which is which is probably similar versus, you know, other countries, even Sweden, right? Like Sweden is just barreling through it. They're probably healthier people. Yeah. But again, like I think it's just in general that this is having underlying conditions, underlying conditions for this virus is a problem. So if the what's the number one underlying condition that most of the world has and it's being overweight. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's the right way to go, especially for people who are severely overweight to try and get them down to at least a point where they can do things like go for walks and jogs and that type of stuff. I think it's a it's a good thing. Now, the question comes in, when is it too much? You know, like you said, when is it too much nannying? When is it too much sort of your right to, you know, hey, if I want to eat this, this heart attack burger, let me eat it. Um, it's not your it's not your responsibility. But if they have a national health care system, that's a good way to appease to your voter base of basically saying like, hey, you know, all that tax you pay for a national health care system. Imagine if we could use that money for other stuff other than keeping your fat butt alive. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like it's yeah. Sweden's uh, case, uh, their case per, fatal- per fatality is 7.2 percent, but their deaths per 1000 I guess that's per capita. I don't know. That's uh, 55.95. That is actually higher than the uh, than the US. It's higher. But you do wonder if I mean, if if Sweden is correct, that they'll be headed toward herd immunity faster than anyone else because they never really locked down. Oh, yeah. right? That is yeah, sort I, of their I, point of saying, hey, you know, some people are going to die. Some people are going to live. The faster that we barrel through this, the faster that it'll come to a point where, hey, everyone's had it once and we're good. Yeah, there's their chart is interesting because they're their deaths peaked at about 115 in April, and it's been on a steady decline ever since going to, I mean, the last couple of days, we, there were zero deaths yesterday to the day before that. And um, yeah, there, actually, there's been zero the last three days yeah. and then two the day before that. And then as far as the new cases go, yeah, they peaked at in uh, June, June 24th, and now they're down to like, you know, under, yeah, they're, they're steadily dropping. 
now. Like they're on a downward turn, but it's a it looks like a seismograph in the in their chart where it's like one day it's low, one day it's high, one day it's low, one day it's high. Yeah. It's very interesting how they're doing it. And they're they're notoriously the country that did nothing for those that don't know why we're talking about Sweden right now. Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, 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 it's cool. You guys are going to lock down all this stuff, but we're not going to do anything. But I guess their point as well is going to become found true because the more that other countries mess this up, like they're talking about this in New Zealand now where it's like, well, we can't keep the borders closed forever. Right. And these other countries aren't getting any better. So at what point are we going to have to open up and just sort of try to figure out how do we deal? Do we do rolling lockdowns? How do we deal with this? Because as again, the rest of the world is not going to open up. We can't just leave our border closed. It's not possible um in order to keep our economy because again new zealand economy now everyone's like yeah yeah it's going all right until september hits and then the reality of what the government just pumped a bunch of money into becomes very obvious and then it's like well yeah we shut down and i mean they're even talking about whether or not the shutdown here was lawful um of whether or not it was actually something that they were allowed to do so like yeah there's a good chance that yeah new zealand's and all this work and eventually everyone just gives up because they just go well screw it you know, I either die of the virus or I die because I can't eat. So I might as well go ahead and make sure I can eat and travel and do my job. And maybe if I catch it, maybe I'll live. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, I I don't know. I it, Because you but you look at that. What if that becomes a political issue? Right. If they say, oh, she shouldn't have done that. And it becomes like a political issue against um was it Jacinda Arburn or whatever that is? Arburn. Uh, yeah, but look, I'll tell you what. They're doing polling right now. There's no way there's no way that she's going to lose this election. Because the other party has done such an awful job. <laughs> They've gone through like three potential leaders of their party in the last month. So, yeah, yeah, she's she's going to win. And it's going to be probably the largest win in history. Because the but other if you party look at, so if you look at the only argument that can be made on the other side is like, oh, how could you close? That was illegal. And now you you shut down the economy and now we're all screwed. It's like, look at how much money you're saving on healthcare alone. Like, think about that. Think about that cost, right? Like we're we're so screwed. <laughs> I can't I can't go I I can't emphasize enough how screwed this country is. Like they're about to start another stimulus plan here. Like they're they're talking yeah, about another <laughs> another wave of this, which is great for you, Mister Making Zero Dollars. But otherwise, like, yeah. But it's so weird that you're talking about like trillions of dollars that are going out to this. It's like come on, these are the kind of things where if you look at the if there was a plan, if there was health health care services, if we actually took this thing seriously, the amount of savings you'd have, you wouldn't have had to spend this amount of money. Yep. This is why we need a global king to just tell us what to do. <laughs> Who would be your global king? <laughs> My global that's the, king? That's the problem. Who would you actually pick? You? Let, let's go down this road since you said we just need a global – we need we yeah. need a world ambassador to solve all of the world's problems. Now, would you pick one person or would you pick like a coalition? Uh, it would – well, the thing is you kind of have this coalition, which I think the UN is supposed to be. Well, the UN is meant to be a forum more so than anything else. But yeah, I – if it well, let's just say there was one thing. Just yeah, let's just let's go person. just the just let's for go with the one person. Yeah, who would you pick? Who is your one, one person, person? You give them a billion dollars a year so that they can't be bought out by anybody else, right? And you figure with all the countries, if they all contributed some money to pay out this dude's billion dollars a year, then or lady, like then then you'd be all right. Who would I choose? Hillary Clinton? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know who. I- <laughs> um. Yo, know, Barack Obama would be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, they they would never go for that though. Like, who's they? They, they, they as the in world. the world. Yeah, I think that Obama's probably got some yeah, beef with people. And, and, yeah, 
Nobel Peace Prize winners. Let's look at those people. Uh, Obama's one of them. He's won a Nobel. Yeah, Peace that was Prize. that was a what a stupid thing. That's <laughs> so weird. I don't know any of these people. Who's uh, Abby Abi Abi Ahmed? Who's this guy? No what did idea. he do? Abiy Ahmed is an Ethiopian politician serving as the fourth prime minister of Ethiopia. There you go. Okay. All right. Nobel Prize winners. We got Abiy Ahmed, Dennis Mukweg, Nadia Morad, the international campaign. That's a, that's a winner. That's not even a person. Juan Manuel Santos. This seems like a, a guy I could get behind. Who's this? The Colombian politician who was the president of Colombia from 2010, 2018. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like one person. Oof. Who's that uh, Malala? Her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, her name pops up every once in a while. Um, She'd be a yeah, good choice, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd almost argue that Michelle Obama's a better choice than Barack. Al Gore? He, nah. He'd be cool. He's got yeah. the world in mind, right? Oprah? Too much. <laughs> yeah, Oprah's a good choice. Yeah, but I don't know Oprah's. It's too much. Know, it's stuff. too much stuff. It is. It's too much stuff. I mean, honestly, I would say, like, if we actually want to look for, like, the the good of our planet, it's probably Bill Gates, right? Bill Gates is probably doing more for the world community. Now, again, I'm sure Bill Gates has done some awful things as far as trying to become a, you know, you don't get that rich by being a saint. You just don't. Yeah. Um, sure. But out of all the people who are actually doing the most when it comes to climate change and infectious diseases and making sure that, you know, people in third world countries have what they need to eat and learn and do all of these things, it's Bill Gates, right? He is the guy. Yeah. I think that's a what the hell? It'll be my choice. My choice is going to be Bill Gates, just because I think that's a good think, choice. Yeah, just, just because I think, like, sure, I'm sure he's got some demons and he's done some grimy stuff, but he's also sort of spent the last, I mean, almost 20 years now. He spent at least the last 10 years really putting forth effort to try to make the world a better place. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, yeah, I don't really have anybody better than that. Plus, you wouldn't have to really pay him a billion dollars a year because he's already got all the money. He already got it. He's already got it. He's he's so not he save money this way. You would think he would be uncorruptible, but again, I'm sure that there's probably some real dirtiness in his um, in his foundations because every every nonprofit has a bit of scumminess in it because people are getting paid a lot of money and like it's again like I'm not saying he's perfect at all, but out of all the people, Bill Gates is the one that seems. I mean, he's the one that they trotted out here. When like they, they didn't call Mark Zuckerberg to talk about infectious diseases in third world countries. They they pull out Bill Gates when you want to talk about some serious issues and you want a rich guy. It's it's him. So yeah, well, Bill Gates he's like actually curing diseases. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's actually doing things for the greater good of the world, um, where everyone else is just kind of a rich guy at this point. So if if he ran for president, what kind of stuff do you think they'd pull on him? How would how would they fight against that guy? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that someone he, he didn't have any racist policies like Bloomberg did. Yeah, no, no. Right? but again, right. he hasn't done anything, right? You'd have to look at, you know, hasn't uh, done anything. Well, no, I'm saying like he hasn't done anything as far as like a politician standpoint. He's not a politician, right? Yeah. Like it would almost be like Amazon, right? Where like Amazon, the way that they treat their workers, like there's some stuff will come out about Microsoft and the way that Microsoft treated third world, you know, manufacturers of their devices and their software. Like I'm sure there's some of that where he, where, you know, Bill Gates of, you know, oh, he took the idea from somebody. There's always that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, look, I think he'd be a pretty good choice. I think people would vote for him other than the fact that, you know, well, He's a he's a liberal snowflake, so <laughs> that's the only thing that would make people not vote for him. Yeah. He's a cuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's a good choice, Bill Gates. I don't have anything better, but if I think of a better uh, world king um, nominee, I'll uh, I'll let you know. 
Cool. Anyway, that's it for the news. Uh, let's do a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Nothing controversial. I just think it's worth saying that uh, John Lewis, he uh, he passed away. Never really spoke about that. Did, we didn't talk about that, right? No, we didn't. Yeah. So he passed away. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to say. I thought it was pretty cool that uh, they brought up the the point that uh, the thing that always comes up now in the news is Barack Obama when he uh, at the inauguration he John Lewis asked him for his autograph and Barack and Obama signed it saying Be- because of you because of you John which is uh pretty cool yeah it's very cool again he was a he was a, an un again he was like a he's such a force um that I think if you understand politics, you understand who John Lewis is. And again, like it's just pretty cool to see that even when all the stuff that's going on in the world, that people still realize that the 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 what he had what he had given to civil rights to the civil rights movement is never going to be matched by anyone else unless we see what's coming up in the next twenty years with all these other reforms that are going to happen. Um, so yeah, look, it was cool. I I didn't watch any of it, um, but I did see how they sort of took his body around a couple different places as you do and they light him in state which is cool um and that's stuff that i mean it's good that trump sort of moved out of the way for some of this stuff um yeah like i think this is when someone sort of said like trump leave this one alone <laughs> like just just back out of this yeah one. that's why he said he's not going to visit the capital to pay yeah, respect of course. yeah like just, just, just out. and honestly at this point it's like it's fine fine fine, fine man good People just are don't say, it's like how dare you trump whatever it's like it's a, that's a lose lose situation yeah. I mean, if you look at the people like between Elijah Cummings and him, like there's a lot of pretty influential African-Americans in politics who have passed away. Um, so you just wonder what the next generation of this actually getting looks old. Like. That's what happens. They are getting they old, get man. Old. They're getting old. They're getting very old. So, yeah. And they were also I mean, that was from a time when, you know, part of the pun, but it seemed looking back and I wonder if you look back it, like what are we now? How many how many years after that first civil rights movement? You're talking what like sixty years, sixty More seventy years, that, probably almost seventy eighty. I mean, it's a long time. In the sixties, late fifties, early sixties, really. Yeah, so that's well, that would be like fifty years. I'm fifty to sixty years. So in that time, there was there was some a lot more egregious and i'm using that kind of relatively when i say more sure but like a lot more egregious civil rights violations that were blatantly happening you look back and you could clearly see oh that was wrong they were clearly fighting for stuff that's that was i mean like, i mean look as people want to say that I we're wondering doing, if you look yeah. forward but where i'm getting at is if when you go back when you go you said oh there might not you wonder who those people are of today going to be if they exist but when you go forward 50 or 60 years and look back to today, is is it going to be that same level of social injustice that we were able to that we were able to visibly see now 50 years ago? Well, Not I guess saying that's the, that there aren't still injustices being committed. Well, I guess but, that's always the problem, right? Like it becomes comparison shopping of like, yeah, sure. So we're not lynching people and burning crosses in their front yards anymore. But now it's police brutality and systematic, you know, housing oppression and all these other things, right? right? So it's like it's it's different levels of systematic racism and oppression of minorities. Um, and I think it's just going to become more global because it's not just African Americans; it's it's Latinx people, it's you know Asian people, it's Indian people, it's people from all over the world who are facing discrimination. 
Um, so yeah, I think you're right. It won't, it doesn't need to be this sort of, like I said, back in the sixties, now we can look at it and go, well, that was obvious. <laughs> like, yeah, you should be able to drink from the same water fountain. That's a pretty obvious request, right? Where now it's maybe not as, it's not as specific like that, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt all the same. So yeah, I, I, I hear your point. Yeah. Yeah. I hear your point, but it's, it's like, yeah, you, you won't have the same types of powerful people because it's not you don't need that level of people anymore i would argue because it's not so blatantly obvious and accepted at the same time people now media gives everybody voice yeah people now aren't accepting the stuff that's going on they just don't know how to change it right so it's like everyone seems to realize yeah george floyd that's wrong but what do we do where back in the 60s not everyone thought that that was wrong people were like well that's what you got to do and it's like well wait a minute that's a problem so yeah, different. But yeah, rest in peace, John Lewis. That was uh I mean he had been sick for a while, I believe. Um but yeah, so yeah, I saw that and um yeah, otherwise the the what's going on in politics I haven't paid attention to at all. That's the only thing that I've seen really. It's been fairly yeah, I quiet. Didn't, I don't want to talk about much in the realm of politics. It's all, you know, Trump's a moron still and you know, he's and we're all <laughs> nothing's changed in the states and so. joe biden has a substantial lead which you shouldn't believe because hillary clinton had a substantial lead apparently so yeah vote go out and vote yeah said it before i'll say it again vote 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 well recipes john lewis enough of that let's move on to a little reddish to uh, a little bit of media therapy look at that we are cruising along cruising, cruising through it look at this we're gonna do a regular this, podcast <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one and as and let, let's start with the game Who's older? And once I ask this question, you'll probably know exactly what I want to talk about. Mike Tyson or Paul Giamatti? (laughs) That's a good one. I don't think Tyson is mid-50s. No way. Tyson's younger. Tyson's got to be maybe 51. 50-51. So I would say Tyson. Tyson is younger. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you another question before I tell you that. Who's older, Roy Jones Jr. or Paul Giamatti? Uh, Roy Jones Jr. has got to be. I mean, Paul Giamatti has got to be. I think he's older than both those guys. Because I would say that if I had to guess, I would guess that Roy Jones is maybe 49, 48, 49. He might not even be 50 yet. All right. Cool. All right. So the order from. So Roy Jones Jr. is younger than Paul Giamatti. Mike Tyson is older than both of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Mike Tyson is 54. Wow. Okay. And Roy Jones is 51. So uh, do you know why I decided to ask you about those two? I think Tyson's been trying to fight somebody. Yeah, they're going to fight each other. I mean, Roy (laughs) Jones, are they in different weight classes? Like, Roy Jones is a formidable fighter, but he's not. He's never a heavyweight. But why don't you read that article? Because there's an N bomb in there, and I don't want to, you know, get in trouble. Do I, do I have to read it? <laughs> you, you could, you could. It's fun to read the headline because the, the, the headline's funny. It's from the root, and it says it's official. Mike Tyson is about to beat Roy Jones <laughs> Jr.'s ass, and I have questions. My email <laughs> box is a boulevard of broken dreams. Every day, I scour through dozens of emails from publicists and other interested parties eager to schedule a guest from my podcast, get something published in The Root, or discuss some other matters of business related to 511 or uh, to, five, to 50-11 other things I have in my hands. Or I have my hands in, sorry. 
Most of them go unanswered. Some of them go unread. But today, I saw something that made me tilt my head in disbelief. First, I saw legendary boxer Mike Tyson to make highly anticipated return to the ring on September 12, 2020 on pay-per-view in partnership with Thriller, the viral social media and music platform. Okay, cool. Not entirely surprising, considered Mike Tyson has been teasing his return for a hot minute now, but my interest has peaked. Then I saw this, and legendary former undisputed world champ and entrepreneur Mike Tyson is set to make his highly anticipated return to the ring in a face-off against four-division world champ Roy Jones Jr. Wait, what? Roy Jones Jr.? (laughs) The same Roy Jones Jr., who retired about 14 years too late in 2018 and spent his mid-2000s kissing the canvas. The same Roy Jones Jr. that arguably killed his own career by yo-yoing between weight classes. The same Roy Jones Jr. I completely forgot existed until reading that email. That Roy Jones Jr.? Oh, shit, I said out loud. That is about to die. (laughs) I mean, sure. Iron Mike is 54 years old now and a far cry from ravenous executioner he was in his past life. But have you seen how hard this dude still punches? Look at this shit. I'm gonna watch them and play this Instagram there's video. A, there's, oh. there's a video on Instagram of Mike Tyson, and he is he is training, he is punching, he's looking, he's looking <laughs> quick, he's looking strong. It's uh, wow. it's looking like trouble. It's looking like trouble. <laughs> oh my Roy's god, the to, end of it! Wait until the end! Holy crap! Roy Roy about to Roy about to wake up in the afterlife for real. <laughs> Their fight, if I could even call it that, will go down on September 12th as part of Tyson's newly launched Legends Only League. A sports venture between Tyson and Urson Innovations. Also of note, will be treated to a 10-part docu-series. That's actually what I want to see, more than the actual fight. Featuring behind-the-scenes pre-fight footage dealing leading up to the match that presumably includes Roy's dentist begging him not to step in the ring. <laughs> Frontline battle. The official title for this event will be a three-hour extravaganza that will feature undercard matches and iconic musical performances. Please, God, no flow rider. That will be announced soon. And if you'd like to partake, you'll be able to watch Roy get decollated on pay-per-view in the multimedia platform Thriller. Decollated. Okay. Herb. Beheaded. That's a great word. That's a great word. So I'm watching this trailer for Mike Tyson. He's putting on a shirt. Uh, Yeah, he's, he's lifting. He's punching. A lot of, a lot of, looks like silky, comfortable shirts. In the end of this, if I was Roy, I'd just pay for someone with the coronavirus to cough on me so I could dodge that fade. Keep his jaw in your prayers, y'all. <laughs> I didn't realize he was fighting Roy Jones Jr. I knew he was coming back. I just didn't know. I mean, Roy Jones is he should not be he should not be fighting. I mean, look, and Mike Tyson doesn't need again, like he I don't know if he can last longer than two rounds, but he might not need two rounds. Wow. Let's be let's just put it out there. Like you probably shouldn't be like fighting and boxing specifically, nobody should do it, right? No, like it's, it's literally it's it's anyone who fights for the for a living, you should be very like you have to be insane to do that for a living. Yeah, you are fighting another grown man for a living. Boxing specifically is just getting punched in the head over and over and over again. If you're yeah, like and that's, that's the thing. Like if you're good at it, I'd argue that yeah, sure. Do if you're Roy, if you're Floyd Mayweather who didn't really get hit. Then yeah, do that for a living. But you still have to be insane to even, you know, all it takes is one punch to knock somebody out. That's it. Only takes one. And at 54 years old, I mean, they must have offered him a lot of money. Like a lot yeah. of money. Roy Jones Jr. probably uh probably needs some money. That's probably why he's doing this. 
I mean, that's why he's fighting Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson, they probably said that, hey, we're going to give you this giant box of money. Because, look, you give enough money, Floyd or uh, Floyd Mayweather will come out come out as well. He'll show up after being retired. Enough money. These guys, again, when you fight for a living, you're going to keep, you offer a big enough check. Yeah, sure. I'll do it again. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I did not I know he was going to fight Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Oh, he's in I, trouble. Roy Jones is in trouble. But again, you never know, right? It's boxing. Roy Jones is younger. He only retired a couple of years ago, even though he was getting mopped up when he was. I mean, Mike Tyson hasn't fought. And, I mean, it's been a Mike long Tyson's time since. Beast. I know, it's but tank. when's the last time? I mean, Mike Tyson was doing the hangover movies in 2003, 2004. He wasn't fighting anybody then. So it's True. probably been about 15 years since Mike Tyson's last fight. It has to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You talk about weight class difference, though. I mean, Mike Tyson's been a heavy, and he's not very tall, right? So that's like a hundred, two hundred and fifty pounds of his last fight was June eleventh, two thousand and five. Just gotta deal with a bunch of body blows. Yeah, his last fight was two thousand and five. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, Roy Jones' last fight was two thousand and eighteen. So, nah, fifteen years is a long time not to do something. Long time, even though Tyson only lost six times, but that's a long time. So, I feel like Mike. Wow. I feel like Mike Tyson watched um, Rocky Balboa. You know, like what was that the fifth Rocky movie? Yeah, when he, he comes back he and he fights young one dude. more time. Yeah, yeah. He watched that and he's like, "Oh, it's a good idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that thing." And he, he saw the young guys going. He's like, "No, I'm not fighting them. Let's go up next, 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 next." Gets to Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably do that guy. Two years out of retirement. Yeah, and one last big paycheck, and you get to fight the, arguably the most infamous boxer of all time. Why would Mike Tyson do this? He seems fine. Well, because money. If when you fight for a living and someone offers you enough money, you'll keep fighting for a living. Like Because there's something wrong. You don't pick fighting as a career unless you're a little nuts. Yeah, but you think you would stop at a certain point unless unless you're just addicted to the fight and you got to get back into Again, it. Again, you're, you're a little nuts to <laughs> do this for a living. Like you, You're trying to come up with rational explanations of why you would get into a ring with no shirt on and shorts and fight another man. <laughs> it's like, that's not like that alone. Just the premise of what you're watching is insane. Yeah, so, you, like, you like have that. to be you have to be nuts. I mean, the same thing with the MMA guys. You got to be nuts. And again, I watch all of it. It's great to watch. You have nothing but respect. They're great athletes. I, with, I don't. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not stepping in the ring to fight another grown man like that. Like, no, 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 no. That's not happening. As much as everyone would like to fantasize that you could become Rocky, eventually you wake up and you go, yeah, I'm not never doing did. that. <laughs> Heck no. Never did. I've never fantasized about becoming Rocky. Yeah. I mean, every, uh, yeah. When you're Boring a movie, movie and, I, and I just can't watch. I, I can't watch people like bleeding from the head, and that's inevitable in every fight. Someone's gonna bleed from the head. Well, someone's some, gonna get, some yeah, someone's gonna bruise. Someone's gonna bruise. So someone's gonna yeah, get gross. Not not a fan. Not a fan. Wow. So just thought thought I'd bring that to your attention. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I know you're not reading. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not reading. Like the, I'm not reading the news. No, I'm not. I'm not really watching the news. And it's summertime, so like podcast things I listen to are like taking breaks. So yeah, I'm not. Again, like it's kind of nice to not be completely informed. I come on this podcast and you tell me a bunch of stuff of what's going on. It's great. Well, there you go. Now you know. What else? Uh, what do What do you got going on? So two things. One, rest in peace to Regis Philbin. I did see that. Um, that's true. That's a good. Uh, that's a good call for uh, for this. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's a that's a legendary voice, and a le- like when you hear his voice, you know it's him. Yeah, um, Who wants even to though be I don't. A millionaire? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's awesome. he was a he was an icon as far as television is concerned. So rest in peace to him. I did not realize that he was what was he eighty eighty eight. 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so Regis, and again, he hasn't been on TV, I'm guessing, in a long, long time, but it's just real, again, it starts making you, yeah, it starts making you realize, like, man, you're getting old when people like Regis Philbin start to start to die, so. Yeah, Regis and Kathy Lee, that was that was the show. There was something about him. He spent, he was like, um, he broke a record of the most, um, like, the most hours on television. Yeah, so that, that was, yeah, so that was one of the things here. I'm just reading from Wikipedia. Yeah, he holds the Guinness Book of, Re- of World Records for the most uh, most hours on U.S. television. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. Why not? Someone someone's got to be that. So what? What's the second thing? Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, still haven't started it. You haven't started it? Wow! I'm on Act Two. I believe there's three I'm, acts. I'm, uh, I'm still playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and at this point, I think I'm going to finish it before I go to Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima still good. Um, again, it's pretty. It's a it's an open world game. So I spent I spent a couple of I'd say I probably spent a couple of days doing a bunch of side quests and things. That again, I think if you powered through this game, I'd probably be I mean pretty close to done. Like I think if you just go immediately to sort of the story points, you could charge through this thing. But it's a lot of fun roaming around, and as you get more, like exactly like I sort of called it, as you start to get more skills, it becomes a lot easier. Um, even though I believe that I just saw that they the newest update, they released like this new legendary mode where it's like one hit kill for everybody. So you can take out the the opponents with one kill, with one hit, and they can take you out with one hit. Um, which honestly is what it would be, right? If you get hit with a sword, <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? You get hit with a yeah, yeah. That's all it takes is all it takes is one one like slice. It, out. It's just singing it sideways, but I yeah. don't think they're doing that. Yeah, so I'm looking like at uh, yeah. one of my favorite websites. How long to beat the main story would take 21 hours. The if you're doing a few extra side quests, be 37 hours completing everything. 54 and a half hours. Yeah, that that seems about right. That seems about right. So I'm still enjoying it. I'm on Act Two. Um, but again, it is getting repetitive. It's an open world game. But it's again, I don't necessarily so much enjoy the game. I enjoy the combat a lot. The combat's really fun. Like getting all the different stances and learning how to counter and trying to sort of chain all of this stuff together and take on like massive groups of people is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's almost been in my media time. Yeah, I'm excited to play it, uh, but I, I've gotten too deep into a Creed Odyssey where I can't I can't bail out and get back into it. Otherwise, it's just going to be I'm never going to finish it. So I'm enjoying that oh, one a lot. Yeah. I'm, playing it on Sta- I'm playing it on Stadia, which is uh, interesting. Huh. Uh, the experience has been pretty good. It's pretty cool uh, and mostly uh, issue free. So that's been cool to uh, to have that experience. And otherwise, I started. I finished Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which uh, and the additional mode that's in it. And I started Paper Mario, the Origami King, which is a uh, it's the latest in the Paper Mario series. It's uh, so far so good. I'm enjoying it. It's not an RPG like the original Paper Mario games are. The, The combat is more like a puzzle system of sorts where you have these rings where there's a bunch of enemies on these spinning plates of sorts, and you line them up in a certain amount of time and moves. And that's how you, that's how the combat works. And then you basically jump on four in a row or you swing a mallet and hit a two by two cluster of them. And it's like a lot of uh, exploration puzzle solving. And then these, uh, and then this combat mini game of sorts, Uh, but I'm enjoying it. It it looks really cool uh, because it, it really goes deep into the origami themes where everybody who's part of the original 
Paper Mario World are all in like these stickers of sorts and crisp and clean pieces of paper. And then all the enemies are these origami versions of the enemies, be it Goombas or, um, or like these spike shells or whatever it is. And then they have these large paper mache enemies as well walking around the overworld. It's it's really cool, really creative. It, the best thing about these games has been the uh, besides the visuals is the writing is actually really good and funny. So it's just really light, cheery. This is probably the perfect antidote for Last of Us Part Two. Where <laughs> sure. if you're playing that thing and you're like, holy crap, I'm depressed. Then you go to this thing, you're like, oh, colors in your face all the time. Silly jokes, complete self-awareness. This is fantastic. Um, then I recommend it. It's not it's not the RPG that fans of the original Paper Mario games are really gonna like, but that's okay because I think that you know it's it's just something different. It's just something different. I think it's annoying that. Nintendo can't really decide what this franchise is. Like, if you say we have, like, if you have a 3D Mario game, you know what it is. If you have a Super Mario 2D platformer, you know what it is. And then you have a Paper Mario series, which started off as these turn-based role-playing games. And then all of a sudden, you turned it into, well, it's whatever we feel like it is with this art style. So be it. But as a unique adventure game, not action-adventure, but just adventure game, um, I recommend it. It's cool. It's fun. If uh, if a little shallow and the other thing I want to bring up is I rewatched uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. and that movie is still a perfect movie. Yes. Yeah. It's I need movie. to watch that. I've seen it pop up a couple of times. I need to watch it again. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's yeah, it, it might be perfect. Might be a perfect animated or just general movie. It's the I, best Spider-Man game ever created. Game, movie. sorry, movie. Definitely the Think best Spider-Man. <laughs> definitely the best Talking Spider-Man. Definitely best Spider-Man movie. I know we have disagreements on the live-action ones, yes. but this is better than every. Aren't they Spider-Man. making a Spider-Man game with him in it? Or is yeah, he in Miles the- Morales. Yeah, it's yeah. literally called Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's go. launching with the PS5 uh, later this year. So it wasn't completely off, but yeah, no, it's very cool. Uh, but that's it. I don't have. Uh, I don't have anything else to to talk about here i've had a stories i've had things hit a perfect did. hour i could tell you i could tell you more about my uh about my uh, attempt at making Maduros today i did i did pretty well again those were pretty good uh so yeah hey you started it so that means you get to end it sure um how do you normally <laughs> i normally tune out by the time we start to end this something about well, finding a way to tell people about the podcast look people if you enjoy it just tell other people to listen to it. Like I don't, you don't need to go do stickers and pancakes and all this other stuff. Look, if you enjoy <laughs> it and you're listening to this, just say, "Hey, I'm listening to this cool podcast. You should give it a listen." If you're looking for new things to listen to, because let's be honest, right? There's a lot of media out there, and like there's there's celebrities with podcasts, and there's NPR podcasts, and all these real professionally polished podcasts. How much fun is that to listen to when it's like this overproduced? And look, there's no ads on this thing. We I we give this thing to you completely free. You're welcome. So if you like it and you're listening to it, go tell someone else to listen to it. It's fine. Other than Jason's awful mouth, it's it's good to listen to for the family. Um, as long as your kids are used to hearing curse words from <laughs> from Jason, gonna learn eventually. Gonna learn eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. So yeah, he's abroad.com. Find it on 
iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Search He's Abroad. Yeah, I think that's it. That's right. This podcast is over.